Well, good morning, church. It's, it's great to be here again. It's, it's great to be sharing with you. Hope all the moms were, were spoiled this morning. My mom's here. Um, I didn't see her because I left at half past six to come print my notes because my printer decided yesterday it was not going to work. So today we, we jump straight into the, the second half of, of the famous passage that we, we started to deal with last week. So if you'd like to turn to, to Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. Famous words that we know so well. It says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if, if salt has lost its taste, how then should its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But understand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way that your light shine before others, that they may see your good, we- good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Today we're just going to dive straight into this text. I feel like my, my job this morning is to, is to kind of wrap up what's already been shared, what's already been said in, in the testimonies. The first point today is, is we are the light of the world. This is not a... This is not just a, a light statement that we take, but this is a, a statement that Jesus makes. To, to simply understand it in the original language says, You and you alone are the light of the world. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. This isn't a task that, that Jesus has given to someone else. It's not one of those moments where, where he's called us all around the boardroom table and gone, Who would like to be the light of the world? You know, waiting for that one person to stick their hand up. But rather, he's, he's called all of us to, to let our light shine before others. All of us have been called out to be, to be the light of the world. And light simply has one task, one task that we know so well. A light is only good when it illuminates something, when it shines bright. And that is the point that, that we are called to. We are called to shine our light before others that they may see our good works and praise our Father who is in heaven. But again, I feel like I need to make this point that, that we've said throughout this series so far, looking at the Beatitudes, that we're not just called to, to do something or be something based on what we do, but rather we're called to be something based on who we are, based on what has already happened inside of us. Today, I know the danger is that we stand here and we want to earn more. We want to do more. We want to add more to our Christian CV that, that one day when we get before God, we can show Him everything that we've done. But rather, this is based on our pursuit of Christ. It's based on, on, on knowing Him, coming to know Him more, growing in our relationship with Him. And that way we shine. Michael Eaton puts it so well when he, when he breaks up this passage in his, in his sermon outline. And this is the journey that we've gone on so far. He says, this is what a disciple needs. They need to become poor in spirit. They need to mourn their sin. They need to seek meekness. It's more about God than about me. It's more about God's name and God's glory than mine. This is what a disciple needs to desire. A hunger and a thirst for righteousness. A growing pursuit of Christ. A growing relationship. Not being satisfied where you are, but continually growing more and more. Positive characteristics a disciple need to show. Merciful, to be poor in heart, to be a peacemaker. 
He then tells us how the world will treat you. Blessed are the persecuted. Then finally, he lands on this. This is how we are to function. This is, our, this is what we need to do. We need to be the salt. We need to be the light. Notice the order. It's not just the call to do something. It's not just the call to, to behave in a certain way. It's not just the call to, to get up and do this. The danger I had in, in preparing the sermon was I could kind of just stand here and go, you are the light of the world, so go out and do it. And there's so much truth in that, but at the same time, we are the light based on something that's happened inside. We are the light based on, on what has happened to us in Christ. So often we want to try harder, we want to do more. But the challenge today, church, is, is instead of wanting to do more, let us focus that energy in pursuing Christ. Let us focus that energy in knowing Him more, serving Him more. And the result is that we build this godly character. We build this desire to know Him more. There's a readjustment of our desires. And this results in us being the salt and the light. Trying to understand this passage without understanding the Beatitudes that we've just gone through is like trying to take off from a run, trying to, take, trying to get a plane to take off without using the runway. It's we're just trying to jump straight into to what we need to be without understanding who we are, without understanding the, the journey that we've gone on so far. But in saying this, I, I want to encourage us today. Let us not seek to be happy with where we are. We all need adjustments in our character. We all need to, to come to grips with what the Beatitudes have called us to do or, or called us to be. So often we... When I first read the Beatitudes in, in preparation for, for this series, I, I kind of thought, like, okay, yeah, this is the test. You know, I need to know all, all eight, eight Beatitudes. I need to be able to regurgitate them, write them. And then, like, every good test, like two days later, you forget everything that you've studied because you're so focused on everything else. But this is not just a, a, a once-off test that we're called to follow, but this is a life that we've called to live. This is a life that we've called to to present. I got to preach on, on blessed are the merciful at the ridge. And, and God does this sometimes when, you, when you're preparing a sermon. I felt like the sermon was only ready for me. Everyone else just got to experience it at the same time. It was one of those weeks where everything that happened and every moment I went through tested whether or not I was merciful. Whether or not my actions displayed what God had done for me already. And, and the challenge is as I stood there and as I thought about it, it would, it would have been easy to just try and do more. It would have been easy to try and just be more merciful. It would have been easier to just do, do, do. Action, action, action. But what it required was going back to Christ. Going back to, to Him and, and pursuing Him. Because when we pursue Christ, mercy flows out of that. Love flows out of that. The light that we have flows out of that. It doesn't flow out of something that we've produced. So then the question we need to ask today is what light do we shine? What light do we shine to the world around us? And the first point is one that we've already touched on. But this light is fueled by salvation. Like a lamp needs oil to, for the flame to burn. So the light that we shine to the world is fueled by the salvation that we have received. The salvation work of God that has taken place inside of us. The salvation, is that we can, the salvation we have is, is the reason that we can be the light. The salvation that we have is the reason that we can shine to the world around us. 
The salvation we have received ignites the flame. But like every good person here who's made a bride, if you don't, if you don't watch that fire, it's going to go out. If you don't, if you don't look after it while it's just started burning, it's going to dwindle the way. So the salvation we have starts the fire, but the salvation we have also keeps the fire going. The salvation we have received illuminates for the world to see. Secondly, shining our light, Jesus says, is reasonable behavior. I love, I love his illustration. He says, as you put a lamp on the stand in the room, so let your light shine to the world around you. We all would agree that lighting a lamp and putting it in a place where it provides light is reasonable. It, it, would, it would be silly to hide it away. It would be silly to light a torch and put it in the cupboard and hope that it lights the room around you. Therefore, Jesus says it's unreasonable for a believer who has experienced the salvation work of Christ not to put this light on display for the world to see. The basis of being a light of the world is not just a call to be good people or, or to do good things, but rather to show the work that has happened inside, to show the work that has taken place in our hearts already. Our hearts are changed and the result is our life changes. There needs to be a radical reorganization of, of our desires, everything we stand for. And that is what the world sees. That is what, what we put on display. So the question we ask is, do we let our light shine at work, at home, at school? Are we the shining light when it comes to social issues and needs? Are we, are we the ones standing up and being counted? Do we consider shining our light as reasonable behavior, something that we need to do? It's not an option. But most importantly, the light that we shine is, is a reflective light. It's not a light that we produce. It's not a light that, that's all about us, but rather it reflects God to the world. 1 John 1 verse 5 says, God is light. In Him there is no darkness. So we have the task of reflecting Christ or God to the world around us. And I found this illustration that, that sums it up so well. It's a story of a man going to hear John Fletcher preach. John Fletcher was one of John Wesley's preaching buddies. While walking to church, he walked past a friend's house, and, and a friend asked him, you know, what are you, what are you doing? So he replied and said, well, I'm going to go see John Fletcher preach. A few hours later, I'm not sure how long their church service was, so I feel like I can keep going if this said a few hours. But, but a few hours later, he, he walked past the, the same friend's house and he, and he asked him the question, did you see John Fletcher preach today? And the man replied and said, no, I saw Jesus Christ and him crucified. We have the job of, of reflecting Christ to the world around us. It's not about us but rather we reflect the internal work that has taken place. I read this question in one of the commentaries, and, and it made me think. If people were to find out that you were a Christian, would they be shocked? Would it catch them off guard? Would they wonder, I've never seen that before? Or are we reflecting Christ at home, at school, at work? Or are we still trying to produce the light ourselves? Are we still trying to fan the flame ourselves instead of reflecting what God has done for us already. Fourthly, it's, it's a light that cannot be hidden. The light that we reflect is like a city on a hill. 
I'm sure we've all seen it. We've all driven somewhere and you see that city or that, that little farm even in the distance. Because it's on a hill, you can see it for miles and miles. To hide our light is to defeat the point of having the light altogether. The light has a job to illuminate. Therefore, we need a shine to the world around us. As we all know, when we walk into a dark room for, for the first time and, and we turn on the light, it, it doesn't make things appear. It doesn't create things, but rather it reveals what is already there. It reveals what has already taken place. So to hide our light is, is to hide away what God has done, to hide away what, what's happened internally, but rather we call to let our light shine. We're not called to do this, to, to work for our salvation. We're not told to, to shine our light in order to earn salvation. But salvation is a free gift that comes from God. It's not a test to prove our salvation. But rather the light that we reflect is an evidence of the salvation that we have. The salvation that has already taken place as we reflect it to the world. In preparing, I was thinking about Jesus' call to, to the first disciples. And it's such a simple call, but, but I think we've misunderstood it so many times. When he says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I think today we've, we've set this up and said, come follow me, and go fishing if you like. Come follow me, I'll give you all the equipment you need to fish, and then it's up to you to do what you want with it. But no church, it says, come follow me, love up, love me. And I will make you fishers of men that we love out, that we love the community around us. And finally, the light that we shine will have opposition. We are called to be a light that shines. We are called to be a light that is not hidden away. But the ser if we're serious about shining our light to the world, then we're going to face opposition for the light that we shine. Why? Because light has two functions. One, it attracts and secondly, it draws or it repels. To think of, you, if you turned on your kitchen light, the same light that attracts the moth to it is the same light that repels the cockroach to go hide under the cupboard again. It's the same light. There's not two different lights. So the light that we have will attract those who, who desire God or, or want to know more. But at the same time, the light that we shine will repel those. And Jesus says that's like he... He doesn't, don't be surprised by that. He says, the world hated me first, so they'll hate you. And, and those who live in the darkness do not want to be exposed by the light. They do not want their actions to be seen. So they will be repelled by the light that we shine. So the question to close with today is, is where does it leave us? What does this leave us to do? What is the, what is the response? Simply, we have the responsibility of shining the light to the world. Let us not fall into the mindset that, that this light that we shine is just our default position. If it was, the question I ask is, why does Jesus need to remind us to do it? Let us, let us continually remember that we are the light of the world. We are the ambassadors. We are Christ's representative to the world around us. If we are the light, then we need to remember that light never draws focus unless it's not doing its job. If you walk into the room for the first time and you turn on the light, I'm not sure many of us will have this thought and we'll think to ourselves that that's the best 20-watt LED bulb I've ever seen in all my life. Unless you're an electrician, maybe. 
But the reality is when we turn on the light, it, it, we see what's in the room. So, so for some of us, we may see the crack in the wall or the skew picture or the nice couch. Light, light never draws the focus to itself unless it's not doing the job. If you, if you ever have the opportunity to go out to the ridge, I encourage you to walk into the little prayer room of the, of the church. If you, if you turn the light on in the day, you're not actually sure whether it's on or not. It takes about a good 15, 20 minutes to actually start giving off a little bit of light. So, so you notice when it's not doing its job, but you, you know when it is because it exposes the things that are around. So I've had this challenge during the week as, as I've been preparing, and, and it was something Luke shared this morning as, as he came up to me. Do I stand here today ready to share that, that all of you may look at me and go, yes, Mark's done a good job. Or do I stand here today and, and do what God has called me to do and point you to Jesus because he deserves the glory? Our light needs to point people to Jesus. The light that we shine is not for our glory but for, for his. It's for his name and his honor and his glory. So what are the two dangers that we need to avoid? Firstly, let us not become the focus. The easiest way I could think to explain this was if you're a soccer fan, you know that on the 26th of May, the UEFA Champions League final is taking place. And, and somehow you, you managed to get a ticket. One in a million chance, you, you got a ticket to go see the final. You're so excited. You've been waiting for this your whole life. You've already started to prepare the stories that you're going to tell your kids one day of how you were there. And why is this the greatest moment for you? Because this is the moment you get to stare at the stadium lights for 90 minutes. This is the moment you get to stare at those, those spotlights in all their glory and all their wonder. That just sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? And the point is this, that the stadium lights are there that they can illuminate the game that is taking place. They're not the focus. They're not the reason for going to the stadium at all. So it is with you and I. Let, our sh let us shine our lights to the world around us. Let us love out to the community that we're in. Let us put our good works on display at home, at school, at work, so that we can bring glory to God. Not that we can bring glory to ourselves. Not that we can bring glory to our name. Let us not become the focus. And finally, church, let us not lose focus of, of what we're called to do. There's some... Challenging words in Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins. And to sum it up, Jesus says, in the last days, there will be some in the church who have fallen asleep. They weren't prepared. They, they've run out of oil. Their lamp's gone out. For some, we may have hidden our lamp away. For others, our lamp may be burning so dimly because we've lost connection with God. And even worse, some of our lamps may even have gone out. Church, let, us not, let, us, let it not be said of us today that, that our lamp burns so dimly that we make no impact to the community around us. Let us remember that, that the call for us is to love up so that we can love in and love out. Being the light of the world is, is not a call to, to just do another thing, add another task to your list, but rather it's a, an outflow of what Christ has already done in us. We are not called to be undercover, but rather we're called to reflect Christ to the world around us. We are His representatives, church. So let us go out and, and shine our light to the world that they may see 
our good works and praise God who is in heaven. Let's close in prayer. Yes, Lord, we just thank you that, that you are a God who, who sent your son to, to die for our sins, that, that we can have life, Lord. But Lord, most importantly, you've, you sent your son that, that we can sent your son to die for us, that we can represent you to the world, Lord. So Lord, let us, let us go out and do that boldly, Lord. As we've heard some of the stories today, Lord, so it, sometimes you don't even know our actions and other times it, it takes time, Lord, but, but let us not lose heart in, in this journey. Lord, let us represent you to the world around us. Let us be the salt. Let us be the light, Lord. Let us make a difference in our community, Lord. But not for our name, but for your name's sake, Lord. So, Lord, I, I pray for this in your name. Amen.